You're listening to the Fantasy Wildcard Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Wildcard Dynasty show. Yeah, don't you know, this This is not 2022, everybody. This is 2024 and we've got the best three ever of the, the wildcards. You can follow me on X uh, at FF Dynasty Grill. Almost forgot that then. And you can follow Kev, the absolute legend, at the Dynasty Mind. Kev... How are you doing tonight, mate? Because you look a little bit flustered. It's very warm, isn't it? For uh, for January, it's 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 very warm. I think um, feels a little bit like Friday the thirteenth to me tonight. I think Grim Reaper's out for me. I'm sweating up. Um, it's going to be a great show, no doubt. But yeah, I think I'm going to be squirming a little bit tonight. How about you, Ali? I am absolutely looking forward to tonight's show, mate. I've been looking forward to this for weeks and weeks because we've got an absolute return and legend that's hopefully going to give you a little bit of grief. In fact, I know he's going to give you some grief, Kev. So looking forward to it. Um, Mags, unfortunately, is not on the show tonight. There was mention of Karen Williams being on the show, so he's decided to not, not show up. And hopefully he'll be back fit and healthy next week. But yeah, on tonight's show, as you'll notice if you're watching on YouTube, we welcome back an absolute legend. It is, you probably know him now as the fantasy weatherman. <laughs> uh, he is actually the official winner now of the fantasy wildcard selection for 2023. And he's wearing an awesome t-shirt tonight. And he's a fantasy wildcard, absolute hall of famer, all round good guy. So we give the warmest wildcard return to Matt Thornton, the absolute studs. You can follow him on X at Matt FF Dynasty. It should be the, the Dynasty Weatherman or the FF Weatherman, but we'll let him off. Matt, how are you doing, mate? Oh, I'm doing so good, honestly. I've been looking forward to coming on this show for, well, all season pretty much, I think. Um, Kev, obviously, had a few words to say about my wildcard selection. I thought I'd um, represent, spent £30 to get this delivered all the way from the USA. It's absolutely terrible condition. It looks shocking, but it does the job just to... To rub it a little surprise for Kev to start the show, but yeah, it's brilliant to be back. Feels like I haven't been gone, but at the same time, feels really weird that I'm the guest now getting that introduction. I mean, um, yeah, that was really nice. So, yeah, looking forward to it. It's gonna be a lot of fun just seeing Kev squirm. That's what I've been waiting for. Kev, any words for Matt for Matt as he's back <laughs> wearing the, the terrible Bukaniko t shirt? I think, um, uh, I guess the first thing is, like, if I ever leave, I, I wonder what you'll say about me. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, we're really looking forward to the show. Uh, nice surprise uh, with what Matt's wearing. Uh, he pulls it off really well because he's a handsome chap. Oh, um, just putting him up for later. But, yeah, it's going to be a, a great show. And, I'll, uh, yeah, I think I'll be squirming a little bit, but it's going to be a bit of fun as well. Yeah, cannot wait. So we've mentioned a couple of guys that might be on the show tonight. And the reason for that is because we're going to be announcing the winners of our 2023 Dynasty Awards as chosen by our amazing guest, Matthew. So we'll start with Rookie of the Year. Now, I'm sure there could have been a couple of considerations for this pick. Um, we've gone for the best form rookie in Dynasty this year. So 
Um, in my mind, there can only be one winner. I'm, I'm glad you've picked this guy. Um, <laughs> who have you selected in the end, Matt? Well, don't say that, Ella, because uh, obviously I wanted to go for Puka Nakua, but I thought I can't, I can't pick Puka for every single category. Kevin, Kevin, not have it, not let me back on on the show. So I'm going to start things off. CJ Stroud, I've actually gone for as my rookie of the year. Um, obviously came in at quarterbacks, looked amazing in his rookie season, over four thousand passing yards, twenty three touchdowns, five interceptions. Um, without doubt, the best performing rookie in terms of fantasy points, just looking at how many fantasy points per game. He got 18.5. So if I'm going by the letter of the law, as Kev likes me to do, best performing rookie, I guess he fits perfectly into that. Finished QB8 in fantasy points per game. Um, yeah, I think he's, he's been incredible for me. I know, Ali, me and you are quite high on him. Kev, I think you as well quite like CJ Stroud as well. Obviously, you were the, the Anthony Richardson guy. But um, yeah, he, he's looked amazing. Looked far better than what I expected, to be honest. I feel like when we were looking at these quarterbacks, Stroud was kind of that middle quarterback, weren't he, in terms of the ceiling players, obviously, Richardson. I think Young was probably the one that we thought was a safer option, and Stroud was kind of in the middle of that. But I think if, if we're looking ahead into next year, I think he's, he's going to be a top five picking startups next year. Um, I know he's, he's currently going as high as QB3, I think, on keep trade cuts. So definitely going to be a top five pick. I've not quite got him that high. He's my quarterback five, but... Um, as I say, looked amazing. I think the changes that Houston are making over there, I don't think any of us expected to do as well as they've done this year. I think a lot of that has come down to CJ Stroud, obviously. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's as well coming in as head coach, bringing in CJ Stroud. Just being a perfect storm, to be honest. I think I even mentioned as well during the, the draft when they actually used that first round pick as well after they bought, um, after they drafted CJ Stroud, they used the first as well. Um, to get, was it Will Anderson? I think they got with that pick, was it? And yeah. the fact that they used their own pick I mentioned that, that was like a real show of um, backing the quarterback. They really thought they were going to make strides this year. So um, it's been great to see how well CJ Stroud's done. And um, as I say, I think he's a, a lot for a top five pick. He's my quarterback five. And um, I think the future's looking pretty bright for him, to be honest. Yeah, I think it's it's a great pick to begin. I, I kind of thought you might have gone Puka. But I know why you didn't. It's because you wanted to get me sweating early, hold it back a little bit. And uh, yeah, but I think what, what you said there on, on the first pick is, is spot on and, and your analysis of Stroud's uh, exactly my thoughts in the sense that far outperformed what I expected in that situation. He's made players around him more valuable in Dynasty. Himself in Dynasty is now... Uh, a top three QB, so that's that's pretty wild. I'm, I'm there with you. He's not in my top four, but from five to seven, that's the range where it will be ended up in the off season. I think as well, QB eight fantasy points per game. It's really interesting. There's a couple of guys above him that didn't play more than eight games. I think those cousins and uh, Big Joe Flacco as well. So yeah. if we take those out, QB six is is really promising for a passing QB. <laughs> Uh, we we know that without the rush upside, the the floor uh, the ceilings potentially not going to be there, and I'm not ready to crown him the next Patrick Mahomes. But QB six fantasy points per game as a rookie in that situation that's potentially going to get better with more weapons and the, the the growth in that team. I think it's he's such a safe guy um, that you can be really pleased with, and yeah, deserving winner of this award. <laughs> Yeah, I think he's hit his ultimate ceiling for what could have been expected going into the year. Never, never really foresaw this. Uh, he was my, my my pre-draft quarterback one, but yeah, I, I mean, I definitely had Richardson over him after the draft. But yeah, amazing season. Um, quarterback three is is obviously keep trade cut likes the spice, doesn't it? The overreaction. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm absolutely with you at, at quarterback five, just behind the top four guys with Lamar Jackson at four. 
Um, yeah, I put out today how I'd pick a Superflex round one sort of start up right now, and it was I've got him and Joe Burrow in the same tier. But thinking about it, I'd I'd have CJ Stroud ahead of him if I was picking today, just with the thought that T Higgins might be leaving. Um, and Stroud has got them amazing weapons. Only going to get better from here on out. They've also got over seventy million in cap space for next year. They're like number two or three in in the NFL. You got to think they could be adding an even better, more experienced receiver as well, uh, or tight end. So there's that as well. So the ceiling is is well and truly there. He could easily jump into the top that elite bracket come next season. So uh, yeah, it's a smash pick for me. Um, well done, Matt. I'm not going for Puka, um, but I'm sure <laughs> he's going to get in the show somewhere. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> so um, is it going to be this category? We're going to go for breakout mm. of the year. Uh, so this is the player who finally reached their dynasty potential in 2023. And yeah, absolutely love this pick a guy that I'm really, really high on right now. Yeah, you just mentioned a little bit earlier about CJ Stroud and how we were all kind of low on him, out, out exceeded what we expected to, to come from him. And I think this guy fits perfectly as a breakout player because we had to wait three whole years just to see him basically <laughs> on the field. It, it's got to be Jordan Love for me with this one, as I say. Sat behind Aaron Rodgers for, for three seasons pretty much. I think before the season started, his ADP was around that QB 18, QB 19 range. So I think a lot of people, myself included, was kind of skeptical on love obviously they gave him the opportunity when they traded um aaron Rodgers away i wasn't too convinced that jordan love was going to be the answer to be honest we all saw those those clips when aaron Rodgers was there and they were training and they couldn't even hit like the throwing net and, and get it into the net so there was a lot of concerns i think with, with jordan love when it was coming into this year but again he's absolutely smashed this year to be honest finished quarterback five qb6 and fantasy points per game just again, somebody that's completely outseed of what we expected, over 4,000 passing yards, 32 touchdowns, just 11 interceptions. Again, my big concern was the accuracy and was he going to be able to cut it in the NFL And um, when given the full-time role, then he's definitely proved me wrong. And as we mentioned with CJ Stroud, doesn't have that rushing floor. Jordan Love, while he's not a, a prolific runner, he has a little bit more than CJ Stroud, um, nearly 250 rushing yards and four touchdowns. Um, and he had four or five games, I think, with around 30 yards. So while it's nothing amazing, it's just that little bit extra um, few points that you're going to get out of him in terms of rushing. So um, that was obviously brilliant. And I think it was the fact as well that it's such a young team around him. That was a reason, again, why I didn't think Jordan Love was going to be able to live up to expectations because we had guys like Rookie, Jaden Reed, Devontae Wicks, Romeo Dubs, obviously, in his second year, Christian Watson, even though he was out for a lot of the year, and then even the Titans as well, Kraft and Musgrave, both rookies. So super young roster around him. The only real veteran guy was Aaron Jones, and even he missed some time throughout the year as well. So I was super shocked that he was be able to produce what he did with such a young, inexperienced team around him as well. So um, as I say, definitely my breakout player, exceeded my expectation, expectations by a long shot. I don't think I'm quite up to consensus in terms of where I've got him. I think I've got him around QB 12, but he's definitely moved up my rankings and there's definitely room for him to, to move up further as well if, if Green Bay do bring in maybe a more experienced wide receiver, somebody that can dominate um, on the outside. So, yeah, definitely a breakout player for me and I'm excited to see what happens as we move forward. Yeah, it's a great pick, I think. First of all, obviously, Matt, you're getting married this year to somebody called Love. Um, <laughs> and it's a fair comment, it's correct. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I think it's, it's 
just keeping on that thing, like if you if you're getting married to Jordan Loving Dynasty, you, you tie yourself up for a really bright future. <laughs> as you are, Matt, as well, really bright oh. future. Um, <laughs> Look at him pandering. He knows what's what coming. He's pandering. But yeah, I think what he's done is it, it fits the exact mold of a breakout player, but breakout of the year with uh, sitting behind Rodgers for so long and shocking everyone. Nobody could have predicted. He'd have done this well. Uh, QB six fantasy points per game, QB five if you take out Super Joe Flacco. Um, and yeah, the situation's going to get better around him as, as that team grows. He's going to be in line to get a massive deal. So I think part of the issue with John Love before this season was the short deal and how would he perform? Would he keep a job? Because I think the range was going in the, uh, the late, te- late teens, early 20s. It's all about contract security if you can get a three-year deal two-year deal that's great because a lot of guys in that range that are year to year um maybe people like yeah you sam howells have faded away uh was going in at a similar range to him so he's done great uh we did call it out actually on one of our startup shows in the off season he was going at the the 9-11 the 9-1-1 and said like 9-1-1 is a steal uh, call the cops uh, and it's turned out to be that way so yeah, he's absolutely smashed it. I'm good. I've not got more shares. I did sell some in season because I thought I could have gone a couple of ways. Um, but yeah, I think even the, the playoff run he's had, the, the two games, uh, is, it's, it's going to bump up everyone's price a little bit on the Packers, but well-deserved. Yeah, definitely well-deserving of this this award. Yeah, again, I've got one share of him. I traded one away for, for Kyla straight up uh, in season. Um, definitely wish I had more of Jordan Love. We did talk him up, but I wasn't wasn't manly enough to put my mouth, money where my mouth is and really buy into Love in in the off season and during the season. And I think we're going to miss out now because of keep trade cart. If they've got him, if people have got him around quarterback nine, that's that's really spicy. Although it's, I think it's fair because I absolutely love the weapons that are around him. Jaden Reed is one of my favourite players in Dynasty. Dontavian Wicks, Romeo Dobbs got a lot of Romeo Dobbs. But you got you kind of think, is it them elevating Jordan Love? But no, it's probably him elevating those wide receivers. And you look at Tucker Craft and what he was able to do at the end of the season. He looks like a good tight end. So, yeah, I think all the signs point to Jordan Love being a really good real-life NFL quarterback that's going to be the next, not don't want to say Aaron Rodgers, but the, the Green Bay Packers. That, you know, they've just stepped into from one elite quarterback into another one by the looks of it. And, yeah, he's going to be there for a long time. He's certainly on that list now of about 13, 14 quarterbacks that are safe for the next two or three years where you really want shares of this guy. But you've certainly missed the boat if you haven't got many Jordan Love shares right now because that's tough. Uh, but, yeah, the, an interesting one where you've got him in the same bracket as uh, or a lot of people will, as Trevor Lawrence. Now, I just want to quick, quickly ask you, boys, which one would you rather have in Dynasty right now? Would it be... I'll ask you first, Matt. Would it be Jordan Love or would it be Trevor Lawrence? It's tough. It is really tough. I think I still think I'll lean Trevor Lawrence, to be honest. I still think I believe in that talent. I think obviously this year has been a real disappointing year for, for Trevor Lawrence, but I feel like the Jags can still do plenty of things in terms of the, the weapons that he's got. Obviously, Calvin Ridley came in and he didn't really show up, did he, for a while and then kind of had those flashes toward the end of the year. And I just feel like it's just one of those years, I think, for, for the Jags and I've still got confidence that, that Trevor Lawrence, we saw it the year before, that he is going to be fantastic when things are going right for him and he's got the, the weapons around him and, and the team around him. So, 
Yeah, I still think I take Trevor Lawrence, but it is pretty close to be honest. Um, maybe it's just my my because I was so low on love before the year that I can't quite bring myself to come round on that, considering how far apart I had him at the start of the year. But um, yeah, I think I do just still slightly lean Trevor Lawrence in terms of uh, long term dynasty value. Come on, I'm not going to butter him up all night, am I? I'm going to take Jordan Love. I think um, Trevor Lawrence, uh, very overrated in, in my eyes in terms of what he's, uh, what he's done based on um, the hype he had coming out. Um, I think QB18 fantasy points per game this, this season just gone with um, those weapons. Obviously, Christian Kirk, his main man, was missing. Uh, just getting Matt back on side of that comment there. But... Um, but yeah, I think just we love to, to be QB5. I don't think everyone's has got close to that yet. So um, yeah, give me the upside of someone that's potentially still a little bit of a mystery box. He's done it for one season. Can he do it two seasons? But he's still done it one more season than uh, that beautiful Goldilocks character. <laughs> I thought that was going to be interesting because I thought we were going to hear both sides of that argument and we absolutely <laughs> did. So uh, yeah, love that. Um, Smack, hi, Ali. <laughs> we'll move on to a guy that we can all agree on is an absolute smash in in dynasty so the comeback player of the year uh this guy considering he come back from a serious injury absolutely smashed it this year on such a poor poor offense so this is the player who came back from adversity to become an asset in dynasty this season and he's my number one at his position so he might give a clue to who it is matt who is it <laughs> Yeah, he's my number one as well, and it had to be Brees Hall for me in terms of comeback player of the year. As we know, came in as a rookie, looked amazing for those, I think it was first eight games, and then obviously went down with the ACL tear um, during that rookie season. Absolute brutal loss for, for the Jets last year, and then coming into this year as well, obviously there was all the uncertainty, was he going to be ready for the start of the year? They brought in um, Dalvin Cook, that kind of put more hints towards the fact that he wasn't going to be ready. And he did actually take a little bit of time to get going in terms of his snap share, I think it was below 50% for the first couple of weeks. And then they slowly built it up and built it up. But when you look at the overall end of year stats, it's been absolutely incredible. The fact that he has just come back from an ACL tear, usually it takes players a full season to start getting back up to speed. It took Brees all of about three weeks, I think, to get back up to speed. Um, looking at the, the rushing stats, just short of a 1,000 yards rushing and four touchdowns. Then also the receiving work that he had as well, 76 receptions, nearly 600 yards and four touchdowns. So... What's that? Nearly 300 touches in a year when he's just come back from an ACL tear. That is just incredible. It shows what a great return he's made in such a short space of time. And then, as you mentioned, you consider the fact that it was playing on the Jets that have got, I think it's a 27th ranked run defense, and uh, looking at PFF in their rankings. So the O line was absolutely shocking this year. Obviously, the quarterback situation, we don't need to get into that too much, but absolutely shocking as soon as Rogers went down week one. I suppose that kind of did help in terms of the, the receiving work because of those dump offs with the quarterbacks. Was it Trevor Simeon and, and Zach, uh, Zach Wilson in a quarterback? It was a real good safety valve for those quarterbacks. So it did bump up his receiving stats a little bit. But even with that, Brees all looked fantastic when given the opportunity. Finished the year as, as the RB2, RB6 in fantasy points per game. As you mentioned, Ali, Dynasty running about one for me without a doubt. I think he looked incredible. I think moving forward, if, if they do make those improvements to the O-line, Rogers coming back as well, I think that's going to keep things really honest for opposing teams. Last uh, This season, or this, this season just gone, teams would really just focus on Brees Hall because he was basically the, the offence. Obviously, Garrett Wilson, the quarterback, couldn't get it to Garrett Wilson, so a lot of focus would have been on, on Brees Hall. So I think next year with Rogers back, maybe keeping defence a little bit more honest. And as I say, if they make some improvements to that O-line, 
yeah, I think it's scary what kind of ceiling we could look at for, for Brees Hall in, in fantasy moving forward. And as I say, easily my running back one in, in Dynasty. And I'm super excited for next year and for the next few years as well with Brees Hall. Yeah, you boys are smart guys. Like, he's, he's my Dynasty running back one as well. Um, I just, first of all, like, this is obviously a Brees Hall award. So we're not going to throw too much shade. But how can you have Bijan above him? Like, seriously. <laughs> It, it just blows my mind. I think it's it, Bijan's still a projection. It, we don't know who's going to be the head coach or how it's going to look. We know what the Jets are going to be. They're going to be that yeah. same head coach offense. They're going to get Aaron Rodgers, which he's not a rushing QB. Um, yeah, like Garrett Wilson's already there. Who are they going to add realistically at wide receiver? It's going to take tons away or at tight end. I can't see it. He's just done so well. Um, sec- I think he was. First in receptions, but second in terms of pace, just behind Alvin Kamara. That's so solid. Um, the goal line work's going to improve as the offense gets better. So he's he's dynasty running back one. I think there is that tier of maybe two or three at the top, but if you take a step back, would you take any of the others in that tier above Brees Hall? So that then mm-hmm. becomes the argument. Is he a standalone guy? Because, yeah, we do tiers. But the same, the, I think the same argument can be made for Josh Allen. We do tiers at the top. Yeah. If you wouldn't take any of the others above him, why is it a tier of, of more than one? So you could make the argument that he's in a tier of his own and then there's a bit of a scrap after that. But um, yeah, comeback player of the year. I think if we're talking real life, it's probably going to be Flacco. But this yeah. is a dynasty <laughs> show. Um, I think Baker Mayfield got a, a mention as well on, on X uh, at the weekend for comeback player of the year, which I guess it's a... A bronze medal we'll give him for that but yeah. um yeah Brees Hall is he's absolutely smashed it he's he's come back he's he's put to bed the injury and it's uh yeah wheels up for anyone that stuck by him which i think most people were based on the talent yeah absolutely i mean historically people don't produce just a year after that that major injury but what he done was it's just phenomenal the fact that he managed to finishes the rb2 it's pretty insane considering the Jets were so poor on offense um but yeah just looking at the last few weeks where he was really given that full workload uh 16 targets in uh week 16 uh along with 20 rushes in the same game and then uh week 18 just the 37 rushes for 178 (laughs) yards it's just insane what he was able to do on this offense constantly being hit from behind the line producing yards on on his own um, yeah, I mean, realistically, there's only really Christian McCaffrey who can come close to women dynasty if we're talking about what they can produce. And we know Christian McCaffrey's what 20, 28 years old. Uh, are you going to select him in a startup ahead of head of Brees Hall? There's just too much, uh, too too big a gap between the two in terms of age. So, Max, what me? <laughs> yep, hundred <laughs> percent. Hey, Max. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, but Brees Hall uh, has to be comeback player of the year, especially when when we talk about uh, a fantasy. Um, real life is definitely Baker, obviously, but uh, <laughs> I can't, definitely can't argue. Um, yeah, Bijan Robinson, we'll, we'll definitely wait to see on him. Jameer Gibbs is going to have Montgomery again with him next year. Again, it's almost a bit of a projection. We saw what he can do on limited touch and touches, especially this week against my team on something like nine touches it was over 100 yards just insane but can he handle the full workload uh we yet to see so yeah 100 percent worthy of the winner 
And we'll move on to Kev's favourite category. This is the veteran <laughs> of the year. <laughs> this is the best performing older guy in Dynasty this year. And this is the guy that was just overtaken by Brees Hall in terms of fantasy production towards the, the latter end of the season. But what a season for this guy, Matt. Yeah, I mean, this, to be honest, this was a little difficult for me because I was kind of wondering what Kev was trying to get at when going for a veteran. Did he want me to go for like an obvious one? I could have gone someone like Tyree Kill. I guess he's getting up there nearly 30. Could have gone for him who's absolutely smashed it. But I think in terms of an older guy who stood out, it, it's got to be Raheem Mostert for me this year. 30, the fact that he's 31 years old and a running back still in the NFL is an achievement in itself because we all discard <laughs> running backs when they get to 27, 28. So the fact that he's 31, and still in the NFL is an achievement in itself. You could have got him for, for next to nothing at the start of the year, obviously, with um, HM coming in. I think a lot of people thought there was going to be a natural movement over to him being the, the starter, Raheem Mostert. Maybe he might have started the year and then he would have slowly faded out towards the, at the end of the year. So you could have picked him up super cheap at the start of the year, even after the first couple of weeks because of his age and the fact he's a, a running back. If somebody were looking to cash in on him, you could have probably bought him right at the start of the year. But then looking at what he did throughout the year, over 200 touches, over 1,000 rushing yards, led the league in rushing touchdowns with 18 touchdowns, and a little bit of receiving work as well, 25 receptions, 175 yards and three touchdowns. 31 years old, lads. A running back that's 31 years old, that producing those kind of figures for us in Dynasty, running back five, running back four in fantasy points per game. Just been, he's, he's been incredible, to be honest. We've always spoke about this Miami backfield, how it could be fantasy gold. Obviously, those links to, to that Shanahan system with um, Mike McDaniel um, as a head coach over in, in Miami. And we kind of got a little glimpse of it. I think if you look back to 2022, we got a little glimpse that this could have been a, an incredible backfield. Most it finishes the RB25 last year, which, okay, it's nothing to, to shout at home about. But you look at the yards per carry. He actually had a better rate last year, 4.92, than it did this year at 4.84. So there was glimpses there. He just wasn't getting the touchdowns. He only had three last year, and this year he's obviously gone crazy in terms of the touchdowns. So, um, yeah, as I say, this backfield is incredible. I think moving forward, I mean, I know, Kev, there's only one guy in Miami on that backfield that Kev wants to have. And I think as dynasty players, there's only one guy that we want in that backfield. Um, but he most it. Is he going to come back this year? I think he's a free agent in at, at the end of, of this year. Do they bring him back for more years, maybe back up, or maybe to still be the starter for next year and they, they bring Ajan in? Um, who knows? But just incredible. The, the fact you could get him for next to nothing and he's finished, what, RB5. That's that's league winner material, I think, in terms of dynasty. Yeah, I wish I was 31 again. Um... <laughs> yeah, I feel terrible saying 31 older than we're only sat older, <laughs> older than 31. But uh, yeah. I mean, if we did this award at midway of the season, we might have got a, a little shout for Adam feeling, I think. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I think uh, he's it's a great pick, really, most uh, league winner. And yeah, it adds more fuel to what's going to happen in this offseason as well. The, the, the hero running back approach, the zero running back approach, just tons of veterans out there like most uh, you guys like your, your Henrys, your Mixons, your Kamaras that are all going to be lowering start of drafts and that's going to add weight to like taking, putting him running back two spots or taking a few later. Guys just like Moser that have balled out and absolutely smashed. Um, he, he did fantastic. I mean, yeah, it, it reminds me a little bit of Jamal Williams last season where it's just yeah. touchdown machine. You're probably not going to hear from him next season. Um, but yeah, he deserves the award. He's done absolutely fantastic. Uh, 
I think with taking running backs in this range, it is a little bit of luck because yeah. you've got to stay injury free. And he did actually miss week 17, didn't he? Um, you've got to stay injury free mm-hmm. and you've got to end up in the right spot. Mm-hmm. So just take shots at running back. Um, you might get lucky and get the right one that falls into a job or ends up maintaining the job. There's not tons of skill other than using the strategy and taking shots, but it deserves to win that award. Sorry, Raheem, for saying some bad stuff at the end. Well done. (laughs) Yeah, we can't say too much bad things about Raheem Moster. I mean, what what an absolute guy on this this really explosive offense, just scoring touchdown after touchdown, especially early on in the season. Didn't really slow down towards the end either. So four of his last seven games were actually finishing in the, inside the top 10 at the position. So he was still um, producing up until he picked up the injury. But um, yeah, what what a guy. Interesting to see what, what happens going forward. I, I would have thought they bring him back and he sort of plays that 1B role with, with A-Chain. Who knows? He might still have a similar role to what he had this season. Who knows? There's such a wide range of outcomes. Um, definitely not, not going to be anywhere near the RB5. But as Kev mentioned, this is the guy, this is the sort of uh, player you need to be adding at the back end of, of your drafts, picking up, that just need one thing to happen to to fall onto a team like the Miami Dolphins and they can absolutely take off in, in any season. So... Um, I'm happy to pick up so many guys like this and just drop them if they're they're useless, if they're not being used. Um, There's plenty of them going on, but you just need that one just to really help push you over the edge and really help you win championships, which is what Raheem Raheem Mostert was there for. Definitely worthy of this this award. Absolute perfection. So, talking of perfection. Look at his um, face. <laughs> Come on, this Ali, you're dragging waiver. this out. Let's get to it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> this is the waiver pickup of the year. You're gonna have no idea who this is gonna go to. So the dynasty waiver pickup of 2023, Matt. Who have you got? <laughs> it's got to be my boy, and it Puka Nikki. I think as I mentioned at the start of the show, I could have picked him for a few categories, but this felt like a good one to pick for because I actually struggled, to be honest, in, in terms of who I could have as a waiver pickup. But Pukanikua, he was on waivers in a lot of leagues. I think there's actually a league that we're in together in um, the Champions League that, that Paul runs that I actually picked him up off waivers just before the, the season started. So he has been on waivers for a lot of teams. If you're playing in um, Dynasty Leagues that maybe only had three rounds of, of rookie picks, he probably went undrafted. Maybe even four, there could have been a few leagues where where he wasn't selected in, in your rookie draft. So I felt like a great opportunity to talk about Pukunikura as the, the waiver pickup. Um, I mean, where do I start? What, 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 what an incredible year. I mean, I'll hold my hands up. I did not expect anything like this. I had hopes that maybe he could be a wide receiver too as like an absolute push if he did drop perfectly into, I mentioned it a few times, fitting into that Robert Woods role in, in this Rams offense and being that number two behind Cooper Cup when he returned, but started the year absolute on flames and, and carried it on even when, when Cup came back. An historic year in terms of rookie receptions, receiving yards, it's... It's been a joy to watch as, as somebody that supported him from, from the start during the process of, of the off-season. But as I mentioned, those first four weeks when, when Cup was out, he was lining it up. And I mean lining it up. He was a wide receiver for 23.9 fantasy points per game. And then we all started talking about, well, Cup's coming back. Let's see what happens when Cup's come back. Um, can he maintain it? 
and I even said he can't maintain it. There was no way that he could maintain that level of performance when Cooper Cup came back. No matter what wide receiver came back, you couldn't keep up that level of performance. So I will hold my hands up and say he did dip a little bit. It went down to 15.7 fantasy points per game. So it is a big drop off, but that was still wide receiver 12. And I think that's still incredible numbers for a rookie coming in with Cooper Cup alongside him. Obviously, Cup didn't. Didn't really look himself, did he? I think he had a few games where he was over 100 yards, but he also put out a lot of games where he was getting 20, 30 yards. So um, that probably did help as well in terms of, of Cooper Cup, uh, Pukunakua, sorry, getting um, a little bit more fantasy points. But long-term, is a stud. Anyone that's still doubting Pukunakua, I mean, you need to you need to get your head sorted out, to be honest. You need to go and get checked out because with cut back, he, he's, he's the wide receiver one now in this offense for me in moving forward. Cooper Cup is getting up there in age. I think he's going to be 31 at the start of of next year still under contract but i think they do have a way out of that contract after next year so if we are starting to see the the steady decline of, of cooper cup they can look to move off him and that's just going to open things up again for, for pukunakua to to be a stud so yeah i mean i, I love to gloat but I, I didn't expect this i didn't expect anywhere near this and anyone that says they did it's just talking out of their ass to be honest because um it, it's been one of those freak freak years but i, I think is the real deal to be honest moving forward um I've got him in, in my top five in terms of, of wide receivers in Dynasty, and I don't think that's too crazy to have, to be honest. Yeah, and I think, first of all, let's just say that, that Puka Nakua was your fantasy wildcard pick from <laughs> 2023, which absolutely smashed everyone else out of the park. There's some really, <laughs> really, really good fantasy wildcard selections last last year, and Puka, like, so much better than everyone else, I think. I, I think um, it's funny. Sorry, Kev, I was just going to jump in. I think it was funny. I think Mags at the time did say it was like a Hail Mary, and it literally was because I was the last person to make a selection. You asked me just before the season started, do you want to make one? I thought, well, let me just pick my guy. I mean, there's nobody else. There's been so many people taken. Let me just pick my guy. And it was literally a Hail Mary. So, yeah, did get super lucky, to be honest, that he did what he did. Absolutely smashed it. I think by the time this video drops, there'll be another video that dropped where... <laughs> it takes us back in time a little bit to start the season where I was I was announcing your pick and uh, I called Pukunuku terrible, um, which it, obviously in hindsight I look an idiot, but it's not the first time. Where, the where did you think he'd finish, Kev? What was the the, the positional ranking? Just to, just to put it in perspective. I think because he finished wide receiver five, so just just yeah. to put it in perspective. I think I said about wide receiver 60. So, Sounds about right. Um, <laughs> I think on that, it's, it is time for me to eat a little bit of humble pie. I've, I've got my fork with me this evening, <laughs> as you can see. So time for some humble pie. I'm not going to throw any shade on the cool, I think. Um, what he's done is, is fantastic. We can't have imagined any season like this from, from where he came. The fact that he's on, he was on waivers, he was at an ADP in the 50s, in rookie drafts according to DLF. Um, but yeah, everyone on Twitter, I'm not going to say you, Matt, because we know that you're a big fan and you've backed him up, but <laughs> everyone on Twitter that, that drafted loads of him, that picked him up off waivers early. Um, everybody's got Puka Nakura on the roster. I that's, uh, <laughs> I think that's quite an interesting one um, that everybody's hit on him and, and nobody's missed. Uh, I've not got any of him, which I think it's an opportunity <laughs> missed. I wouldn't say it's an error because... I've not lost anything, but there could have been something there where if I didn't just go against him because you said it, Matt, <laughs> <laughs> then I could have gained from that as well. So, uh, yeah, that, that, that's the thing I'm taking from it. If you're, if you're high on anyone, I'm not just going to fade him for the sake of <laughs> just taking the other side and being being a bit of a knob. 
Um, but but yeah, you're right. He's he's the he's the one A in this offense for me now. I think wide receiver five on keep trade cut above guys like AJ Brown, Garrett Wilson, Chris Lave. I think I think they deserve to be in the same tier. I'm not going to say I'm above on all of them, but you kind of got to think a little bit like Nakua's on a. And I said this in season actually about week two, week three. It, the range of outcomes you want in for him is an Amon Ra St. Brown because mm-hmm. he's a guy that he's not got a high A dot, he's being used a lot around the, the, the line of scrimmage, and it's all to do with yards after catch and using like elusiveness to to, to really maximize his, his his dynasty potential. So, yeah, if he ends up being Amon Ra St. Brown, you've smashed it. Amon Ra's one place above him in, in a, a keep trade cut. If Nakua continues to perform again next season, that's got to be flipped in, in my eyes, just because he's he's had a full season where he's done it. Aaron Ryan, his first rookie season, just had that um, six, seven game stretch at the end. So he deserves to be where he is. No complaints for me with with the wave wire pickup. I can't think of anyone else who would actually get close to that, really. But um, yeah, I, I, I can stop squirming now, I think. But um, I was. <laughs> 100 percent wrong on Puka I really did enjoy seeing you squirm a little bit there, Kev. That's been the absolute <laughs> highlight of the year. <laughs> All throughout the year has been my Ali, just watching Kev slowly having to come round to the idea. Uh, it's been brilliant. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see your ranking come the, this offseason, Kev, where you've <laughs> officially got Puka Nakua as your wide receiver. I receive a 50. <laughs> <laughs> but I just cannot get out of the head my head to him. And this guy off Ted Lasso, they are the same guy. I have to say, have you seen them two in the same place? Because, yeah, it's it's incredible the the likeness between the two. But, yeah, what what an absolute guy. Um, I've got so much of him now. I haven't got I haven't got loads of him. I've got I've got a few shares of him. I'm happy. And a hundred percent, I was picking him up because of all the buzz you were giving him, Matt. So, I, it was me taking him in where i could in front of you in the the sort of fourth round of rookie drafts um yeah what what a guy and absolutely deserves to be in this tier um with with aj brown garrett wilson definitely above chris alave and yeah i completely agree if he if he can if he smashes it again next year cannot see any reason why with stafford coming back head coach coming back so much consistency there the rams were really a breath of fresh air this year and i think they can produce again next year oh, i made a massive mistake last last weekend in in dfs i i picked cooper cup ahead of nakua and i could have been on for quite a bit of money if i'd have gone for the actual stack with nakua and cooper cup massively let me down so um yeah not not happy about that one but really happy about this pick matt i mean what a guy and yeah i think that you've missed the boat on on puka nakua firmly now kev you're not not going to get any shares i'm afraid um <laughs> yeah absolutely love that one so we'll move on um late round player of the year so this is the player that's been taken late in dynasty startups who absolutely smashed it and this guy was incredible was just so elite towards the end of the season um and he's on the same team so matt who is it <laughs> Yeah, he's, and this is the guy that I thought I maybe could have picked as a, a waiver pick, but 
he's coming into his second year. I thought he was going to be on a lot of people's um, taxi squad, so kind of thought he kind of fitted this um, this category a lot better. And it's it's Kyron Williams. I'm gutted that Mags isn't here because I know how much he loves Kyron Williams, and I know he, he would have spoke a little bit about how much he loves Kyron Williams. So it's a shame Mags isn't here. But yeah, again, this has got to be the light round pickup for me. I think. Um, in terms of his ADP, I think in terms of running back, he was going something like RB60, so super late. Might not even have drafted him in, in a lot of starts if he only had shallow leagues. But again, what he's been able to do, finishes the RB7, but you then look at fantasy points per game because he did miss a bit of time, only played the 12 games, but finishes the RB2 um, with 21.2 fantasy points. And the, the interesting stat is he was actually close to Christian McCaffrey in fantasy points per game, who had 24.4. In the running back three of Alvin Kamara was 17.9. So, well, not a lot of difference, pretty much similar, but he is slightly closer to McCaffrey than what it was the RB3 um, in finance points we game with Alvin Kamara. So, absolutely incredible year. And, and it's the usage, to be honest. Who thought he would get this kind of usage? Um, 228 carries, uh, 1,144 yards and 12 rushing touchdowns, 32 receptions, 200 yards and, and three touchdowns. Just incredible numbers, to be honest. I think a lot of us... Probably didn't draft him because um, Cam Akers was there. We all thought that he was going to have that that bounce back year, start the year well, and and be the the running back for for the rounds. But as soon as it was obvious that he was out of favour with uh, with Sean McVay, and it was going to be Kyron Williams, he just fed him. He just absolutely fed him. And um, as I say, there's not it's not very often now in in the NFL that you get these running backs that are pure workhorses. But Kyron Williams was that when he was when he was healthy, he was just getting all of the touches. So. Um, again, incredible value getting him so late in your in your startup drafts. Again, somebody that you could have traded for super cheap at the start of the year. If, as I say, with with Cam Akers there, especially you, you could have got him ch- cheap. And even when Akers went, I don't think his value shot up too much, and nobody expected the the production we got out of him. So, felt like a, an easy selection for for this category given what we we got out of him. I've got him now as my RB eight in Dynasty. I think this is going to be a really interesting conversation where people have him because. I know that's below consensus, and I think all three of us are, are below maybe on consensus, knowing how high he's going in in some people's rankings. So um, I'm not fully there yet on him, but, I mean, it's hard to argue with that kind of usage. If he gets that next year, then he's going to be a stud again, I think. Yeah, despite betting me on the last player, Matt, I think um, I'm just going <laughs> to give a little hat tip to you on this one and say um, when Kyle was coming out, you you. you you touted him up as someone to watch in your, yeah. in your rookie friends and obviously rookie season didn't go as planned but <laughs> he absolutely uh, bombed out of the combine as well that kind of put me off a little bit <laughs> exactly so, <laughs> so i'm not taking too much credit because i did i did sour on him a little bit after that <laughs> give him a little bit of credit because i'm going to mention oh, zach evans in a sec so, <laughs> yeah um, i thought yeah i thought that that was coming up <laughs> no i think um first of all williams uh, agree again just late round player of the year smashed it um if if we're just looking heading into the season it was it was Zach Evans that was getting a lot of buzz initially and um when it came to the end of pre-season the, the beat writers were saying it's going to be Kyron Williams that's something I didn't adjust to yeah. um, and then for week one like straight out of the gate Kyron got more work than Akers in that game where the I think the one away at the Seahawks week one um but people didn't really react to that stage they still thought oh it'll be a split backfield whatever whatever um and, and people probably still had a bit of a window to get into him at that stage and then he's 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 just skyrocketed in his in his um adp and his pricing and if we, if we look at the second half of the season fantasy season sort of weeks 9 to 17 
he was running back one in fantasy points per game above Christian McCaffrey. So actually, he was more of a league winner than McCaffrey, if you if you want to paint that picture, um, which I'm not going to, but uh, <laughs> I think what he did far beyond expectations and I'm with you as well in terms of where he's ranked in some of his highest top five. Whilst, yeah, the volume's been great, the output's been fantastic, I think it, things like Tyler Hebe getting uh, a bad injury, although that's, that's a shame for him, it's it's going to keep him involved in in the offence. Uh, McVeigh's traditionally been a one-back guy in the games as such. It's just whether he does get itchy feet and try and get someone else in there, um, which I don't think it's the same situation as the past where he's always just got the next guy in um, and showed no loyalty because no one's produced like Williams has, but it's something to keep in the back of your mind. If you take him running back five over established players or players with better profiles, then it's it's a big risk. I think I think anything after that top tier running backs then or the top couple of tiers, you start getting into a range where you can find a guy like Mostert, you can find a guy like an Alvin Kamara later, which can have the same outcome over a one, two year period. So just be careful on Karen Williams, I would say. If the value's there, take it by all means, because he's he's going to be getting a ton of volume again. But uh, yeah, I'll be playing it a little bit cooler on Kyron, and uh, yeah, uh, it is what it is. Yeah, you're both smart gentlemen, really, because I have him RB eight as well in that tier with with Travis Etienne, where both completely separate. I mean, um, opposite where Etienne is is locked in, former first round pick, there for another couple of years. Um, Kyron, there's definitely more risk involved when you think what happened to to Cam Akers. Cam Akers had that really good stretch. Um, I thought he was going to be locked in the start of the season. What didn't happen was replaced. I just think Kyron Williams took it to another level and he's got to that point where there will be absolute outrage if they phase him out of the offence and they were to move on from him. So I, I can't see it happening. But yeah, I would definitely would not have him in that top tier. He's just below for me with, with ETN, who I think could start fading away. But the ceiling's there for Kyron, but there's such a low floor. So, um, absolutely agree. But he's the perfect player for this this award. If, if you picked him up early in the season, I know in some of my leagues, more redraft focus, I dumped a lot of fab on on this guy when I knew he was going to get the the workload, and it, it certainly paid off in in a couple of leagues. That's the sort of typical sort of guy that I want to dump a lot of my fab on. So. Um, yeah, really like him, but yeah, I'm definitely going to be play, playing it on the cautious side in terms of dynasty startups. Um, he's going to be taking around the time where I'm still taking sort of wide receivers, so probably won't end up with too much for him in, in my startups come next season. But yeah, absolutely perfect player for this award. And we'll move on to oh, dear, this is a guy I certainly missed on this year's bust, <laughs> bust of the year. The player who ruined dynasty rosters with poor performance this year and this guy just absolutely fell off a cliff over to you matt yeah i think this again was a quite an easy choice for me to to pick my bust of the year it's austin eckler and um, running back for the la chargers i think if you were a contending team you were probably trying to get this guy at the start of the year because we know how great he can be you probably paid up to to get him or you drafted him in your startups and you were looking to to be a contender straight away because we know obviously we pay a lot of ppr leagues the upside that he has with his, with his pass catching um it, it was always gonna have that super safe floor and and then give you those boom weeks so felt like a perfect running back target 
And week one, he actually looked amazing to start the year. <laughs> Finishes the running back two that week, 26 fantasy points. But then obviously picked up the injury. Didn't return until after the bye week, which was week five. So came back week six. And he just looked completely different. Looks nothing like the, the Austin Echo that we knew from, from last year. Ended up finishing the year as the RB26. I think it was RB27 in fantasy points per game from week six until week 17. But the, the trouble was you just couldn't drop him because we know that the potential ceiling that he had in terms of how he's used his receiving work and what we saw from him in, in 2022, you just felt like you couldn't drop him out. How, how can I have Austin Eckler pay all that to get him or, or draft him so early and then bench him knowing what he can do? And then he ended up getting, he had six weeks where he had single digit fantasy points um, in PPR <laughs> leagues. Look back to 2022, we had one game where he had a single week, a single figure week, and that was week 18 as well. So it wasn't even in the fantasy season. So every every week last year, it was it was putting up double digit numbers. This year, he had six where he couldn't even get into double digits. So um, got to be a boss for me, as I say, because you paid such a premium to get him. If you were a contender, you felt like he was going to be that lock at running back, and yeah, just just didn't show anything like what we expected out of him. Yeah, I think I was I was with you there on Eckler. Like, I'll I'll admit yeah. and embarrass myself here. I made a trade for Eckler in week seventeen. Um, traded Josh Jacobs to get Eckler in a second. I was in a final for to try and win the ship. I thought Eckler's got a green matchup. Let's let's rock and roll. I think he got about one point or something or three points. <laughs> something absolutely disgusting. Thinking I've tried to push my chips in and it's backfired. Uh, luckily, I did win that game, but it wasn't. <laughs> through uh, skill it was through the other players doing the business um so yeah it's it was a really strange season just the the, the schedule towards the end of the year was the sea green on sleeper and it just never put it together um the injury I had to play a factor but you've yeah. also got to look he's 28 years old he's he's what he was a running back two running back one the previous two seasons but taking a ton of touches um yeah 200 carries in both those seasons but for for a guy of his age um to, to do all that we're on the back of 89 receptions on a couple of seasons as well it's 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 took its toll i'd be shocked if he gets that explosiveness back um i think looking a little bit deeper into the metric side rush wise wasn't great wasn't helped by the o-line either pass game wise he's still pretty all right from that side looking at like yards per out round and stuff like that so there is a little bit of hope for me as a sort of a one being a pass game role potential but you think about his situation where he was playing in a dome playing in justin herbert led offense uh, mike williams injured keenan allen missed time so it, it, it set up for him to smash and he just didn't do it he's a free agent what if he ends up on a team that plays outdoors in the cold and he's getting half of a backfield. It's going to be a massive struggle for him. So I'm very much out on him at this point in Dynasty, but if he gets a good situation, I don't know, best case scenario, somewhere like Dallas, that he ends up being replacing Pollard and this, they want to go a Rico down or something. That would be a, a, a best case, but I can see plenty of worst cases. So agree, bust of the year, not good enough. Yeah. Yeah, and you you took the words right out of my mouth, Kev, because I was going to say just the most disappointing thing about Eckler was not the fact that I took him in in plenty of redrafts this year, um, got him in Dynasty in quite a bit where I'm a contender, 
even traded for him halfway through the season in my home league, which really hurts. Um, just the fact that the the Chargers were just de decimated at wide receiver, there was just nobody. They're, they're even having to put a guy called Quentin Johnson out there to try and catch balls. <laughs> and <laughs> they were that desperate. And he still couldn't. You just thought, I thought he was set up to succeed. Even if he can't run, he's still going to catch 10, 10 balls a game. And in PPR, that that's so... Uh, crucial to have but it, it just it didn't happen I mean even with Herbert going down I thought well they're going to bring the quarterback in that's going to dump the ball off to him uh, was it Eastern Stick or whoever it was again it, it, it didn't happen and yeah he turned out absolutely terrible so yeah what do we do with him moving on I think I'm in the same boat as Kevin I'm, I'm out on him at the minute willing to see where he gets a landing spot if it's not in uh, back in LA, which I don't think it will be. So, a really interesting to go. I think we're going to be talking about him this off season about where he lands, and there's going to be a bit of hype. So, whether there's going to be a sell window, whether it's going to be a buy window, if he lands in a terrible situation, um, who knows? But yeah, bust of the year, hundred percent, massive, massive miss for me. I'll just say as well because it ties in nice for the next guy. If you you've seen what's happened with Eckler, guy that's been top two last two seasons. <laughs> Reaching 28 years old. Does it sound like anybody that's in the top four in Dynasty running backs? So, word of warning if everybody's got McCaffrey out there, we didn't stick with Eckler. It could do. It's probably not going to see a better situation, but just McCaffrey, have a think. I think Kev planting that in people's minds. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll move on to the, the fin final award for tonight the Dynasty MVP. And absolutely loved the person who's going to receive this award. Again, it was a bit of a miss for me because I did say halfway through the season before he had his amazing run that I've dropped him down to my wide receiver four behind um, Eamon Ross St. Brown. And he obviously heard it, was pissed off. And and now for, for some people, he's the wide receiver one. So uh, <laughs> Matt, Matt, over to you for the award winner. Yeah, so with this one, I could have gone for, for Christian McCaffrey. I think a lot of people maybe would have gone for Christian McCaffrey. We know what a great year he had. But for me, the Dynasty MVP I had to be C.D. Lamb, which kind of pains me a little bit because I wasn't actually super into C.D. Lamb when he came in in the early part of his career. But um, slowly came around and he's absolutely smashed it this year. Finished as the wide receiver one. Um, and I've got a few stats here just to, to reassure people why I think he should be the Dynasty, wide receiver, uh, what Dynasty MVP over Christian McCaffrey. So as you mentioned, Ali, the start of the year, wasn't actually that incredible. So week one to week six, it was actually the wide receiver 13, 14.9 um, fantasy points per game. He only had one game where he had double-digit targets in that stretch. Now, after that bye week, the Cowboys were sitting four and two. So maybe they thought, I think we need to start getting the ball into his playmakers and he's the best receiving option we've got on this team. He's the best player we've got in terms of, of pass catchers that, uh, on offense. We've got to get the ball in his hands. So then after the bye week from week eight until week 17, we all know finishes the wide receiver one over that stretch. 27.8 fantasy points per game from week eight to week 17. <laughs> he only had one game where he didn't have double-digit targets in that period. So he's gone from having one at the start of the year to every game apart from one. And then you just compare it to who was the wide receiver two in fantasy points per game through that stretch. Tyree Kill, 21.1 fantasy points. <laughs> 
So, so that's 6.7 fantasy points more than the wide receiver two in points per game. And then we mentioned Christian McCaffrey, what he had in that strength, what he had throughout the entire season, I mentioned it earlier, 24.4 fantasy points. So he's even outdoing Christian McCaffrey in terms of what he's given you through that second half of the season after the bye week. On top of that, and the, the absolute cherry on the top of the cake, week 17, championship week, boom, take that 40 bomb. <laughs> oh, just take me to the, take me to the promised land, um, CD Lamb. Just, I, I couldn't pick anybody else. Everything just lined up perfect for him to be the MVP. He's got to be in the top three wide receivers in that top tier with, with Justin Jefferson and, and Jamar Chase. As you mentioned, Ali, a lot of people got in wide receiver one. I'm still wide receiver two, I think. Um, Justin Jefferson, when he's healthy and on the field, we've seen he can do it as well, the same as what CD Lamb's done. So I think between them two, it's close. You could maybe say them two are, are the top tier. I mean, you could maybe drop um, Jamar Chase out of that top tier. But um, yeah, for me, Dynasty MVP, I think for the reasons I've listed, you've got to take him over Christian McCaffrey and long-term I mean, we all want those wide receivers, don't we, long-term in terms of dynasty. So, easily my dynasty MVP. Yeah, I think, obviously, Cowboys player winning dynasty MVP is not super ideal. Um, <laughs> but I, I do agree with it. Like, people will just remember Week 17, Championship Week. If he's on your roster, pretty much certain that you won that game. So, uh, people will remember that. People do remember Week 17s every year. For the right or the wrong reasons but he deserved it like like you mentioned no one's come close to him in that period he's outscoring a running back um an absolute <laughs> amazing running back uh, over that time time frame so it, it couldn't really be anyone else like i was ready to come for you if you didn't pick that match which is funny because <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be keeping up for a cowboys player but yeah he deserves to be in that top tier whether it's a tier of two or three Think a bit's to be debated, just see what happens with with T Higgins, etc. And if he goes, then I think it, that's probably more beneficial for Chase. Um but honestly, like if, if people take him over Jefferson in certain leagues in startups, I, I'm I, I'm kind of not too too fussed with that. If if you want to do that, I think he's he's finally shown that he can be the the main man and command a massive tag checks when he's been doing it previous seasons. He's not stood out as like the, the main man. He's like he's been really good with Cooper, or he's been really good in part of an offense. This year he stepped up. Um, it doesn't matter that he does it from the slot, does it? Like he's on the field, he's getting your fancy points. Well played, CD. Thanks for winning some ships. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. And the only two places I've got him actually are both places where I've got Dak Prescott with that. That stack and that was the stack that was the the cheat sheet really for this year i mean i think the two or three years past it's been mahomes and kelsey if you had that stack you're well on your way to the championship but dak and cd is the way forward right now the the offense is staying together so it looks like that's going to continue going forward so if anybody has him wide receiver one i've got no argument with that he is my wide receiver two in the same tier with justin jefferson um jamar chase is just about there as Kev mentioned, wait, we've yet to see what happens with T Higgins this offseason. But the most impressive thing for me with, with CD Lamb is just the fact that the Cowboys made it absolutely clear that they were just going to go to CD the whole of the time. And the fact that he could still produce when he had double teams, the defense knew exactly what they were going to do. And the fact that CD still rolled off multiple hundred yard games in a row, catching the touchdowns, the touchdowns came this year was just 
just incredible. He's really taken a step forward and he has to be in in consideration with with Jefferson in real life and in terms of fantasy for just being the best wide receiver now in the NFL. So had to be the dynasty MVP. I'm glad you picked him over over McCaffrey. Um, yeah, I really need to get some more CD, but it's it's not going to happen <laughs> anymore. I'm afraid it was it was a guy that I yeah halfway through the season when you reeled off the stats there. He he didn't wasn't looking amazing the first six games of the season, and then obviously the bye came and they changed tactics, and I was looking a bit you know smug, but then it, he's <laughs> completely made me look like an idiot. So um, yeah. Well, well done, CD. Definitely deserving of this award. And we'll move on to the fantasy wildcard segment. So this is an important one because as the winner <laughs> last year, there's some there's some pressure on you to get this one right, Matt. So um, we're going to get our guests to pick their fantasy wildcard. So the player that's going to improve their dynasty value the most in 2024. So we're calling it a 2024 breakout performance. So Matt, who are you going with? <laughs> I mean, you've you built me up for failure there, Ali. I mean, if, I, if I'm the champion now, there's only one way you can go from being number one. So I'm, I'm not holding out much hope. And it's funny because when obviously I used to be a host with you guys, I used to always think, oh, it must be so easy for people getting, they've got the choice of any player they want. This must be so easy. And now I'm sat here and I've got anyone I want to pick from. It's so early in the off season. So much can change. I'm starting to think we had it quite easy as hosts doing it right at the end. And like I said, when picking Puka right at the end kind of, set me up to win because we knew the situation whereas i don't have a clue what's happening in a minute so um it's going to be tough to, to repeat what i did this year and i don't think i've quite got the room to grow like i did with the puka nakua but the play i've gone for is bryce young the quarterback for the carolina panthers now i'll start by saying his rookie season was a disaster in fact worst whatever the worst words you can come up with in terms of bad that is what bryce young was 11 touchdowns 10 interceptions in 16 games that just that's ridiculous. I mean, that is that is shockingly bad that it's only got 11 touchdowns in 16 games. Um, but on the flip side, I will say I am still going to hold out hope for, for Bryce Young. It's given us a little bit of a window if you do still believe in, in Bryce Young because he has dropped down to the QB 17. But I'm still going on the fact that I believe in what I saw as a prospect when he was at Alabama. And the fact he's a Heisman winner in 2021, a finalist in 2022. So he showed it in college. And as I mentioned at the top of the show, I think when we judged the three quarterbacks coming in um, last year, Bryce Young was probably the one that was said was a safe option. Maybe didn't quite have the ceiling as a, somebody like Anthony Richardson. He was the, the ceiling place. CJ Stroud was kind of that guy in the middle, had a little bit of risk to him, but also had a higher ceiling. And then Bryce Young was that safer option. Obviously, didn't play out that way to, to start as a, as a rookie, but it did have a lot of issues as well. Obviously, the head coaching changed. Frank Wright left um, halfway through the season when he got sacked. Um, the O-line, 27th in, in pass blocking going into PFF, so the O-line was terrible. The weapons, Kev's greatest hits, all surrounding, <laughs> all surrounding Bryce Young. What chance did the guy have? Um, Adam Feeling, to be fair to you, Kev, looks pretty good to start the year, but that slowly faded away. DJ Chark obviously didn't do too much. Terrace Marshall, the less said about him, the, the better. Um, so I do think with those problems that, that he faced um, this past season as a rookie, I do think he has got room to grow. If they bring in a new head coach, somebody that can really back him, get some weapons around him, make some adjustments to that O-line, I think we can see that safe safe prospect that we labelled him. I don't think he's ever going to get up to the, the heights of being the quarterback one or quarterback two in Dynasty. But I do think we can maybe get up to top 12, top 10. And I think that's enough with this whole section, somebody that's going to improve the value. 
I think he can do that and move up a few spots in terms of where he is currently in his, his quarterback ranking. So good luck, Bryce Young. You've got a lot to live up to to, to do me as well as what Pukin included. <laughs> but maybe this time next year I can come in rocking a Bryce Young top <laughs> and gloating about how I've nailed it two years on the trot. But um, we'll see what happens. But yeah, Bryce Young is, is my selection. Look how you think we're inviting you back. Um... <laughs> oh, I'm coming back. If, if I go back to back, Kev, I'm coming back. I want my own show just on my own gloating. <laughs> I mean, I think, first of all, let, let's try and make this a viral video again next year. That is a terrible <laughs> pick, Matt. Um, no, I think, I think seriously, like, like you mentioned at the start, it's really tough to pick a guy this early in the off-season before free agency, before the draft. Uh, the person that actually finished last in the France wildcard, picked first um, last year. So it, there is a bit of theory to that. But then again, I picked pretty late in our second bottom. So, um, <laughs> you know, that, it's just how it falls sometimes. Um, I still believe in you, Justin Fields. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, like Bryce Young, such a bad season as a rookie. Like, whatever angle you look at, if you watch film, if you look at, QB 42 in fancy points per game. If you look at less than 3,000 yards passing, um, it it was a terrible season. Like, if, if you're just purely looking at fancy points per game, in the last five years, there's only Dwayne Haskins that's been worse as a first-round QB in terms of fantasy points per game. So rest in peace, Dwayne. But, um, <laughs> like, the list, there's probably about 12, 13 QBs that have gone round one that have played games like Jordan Love was taking around one that they didn't play games before this season. Um, their rookie seasons, it's one of the worst you've seen. Some players can bounce back. So Trevor Lawrence bounced back after, obviously, at the other Meyer season. You've got Justin Fields who bounced back in his second season. But I think both those guys still haven't got anywhere near where we thought they could in terms of um, dynasty and solidifying that. So... There's a lot of question marks. I think it's it's a great type of pick for this section because I'll be honest, I'm out because of what he's done in year one, but that's going to open up an opportunity that there's so much growth that if he has the perfect season, he could have a Jordan Love season. Couldn't he? Jordan Love's going around this age uh, range. If he has an amazing season, which it's, it's hard to tell because we don't know who the coach is going to be. Maybe it'll be uh, your OC, Ali. Um, I'll let you leave back to you. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, oh, I can't stop laughing about that. But, uh, <laughs> but, yeah, I think there's a lot of room for growth. Will it happen? I don't think so. But who am I to write you off, Matt? You're the <laughs> champ. You made me look daft last year. <laughs> Over to you, Ali. Yeah, so I'll just round up by saying you did mention the guy there, but a certain Trevor Lawrence... Uh, finished as quarterback 23 in his rookie season. Bryce Young finished as quarterback 23. Who knows? It might be a bounce back with with an offensive-minded coach coming in. I know they're going to have plenty of cap room to, to if they want to go after a T. Higgins. Um, they're not going to get Mike Evans. But if they get someone <laughs> off, that, off that ilk that can just really help Bryce Young out, I think they need help with the running game. Um, yeah, the, it's, I think it's exciting times in... In uh, Carolina, obviously, they are hating the pick at the minute. They they really should have gone for CJ Stroud. They're going to be um, just judge them to what they do over their career. But I'm still in on Bryce Young. I still think just because of the people who are pushing him down that have completely written him off already in year one, 
I think it's only going to get better. <laughs> it's only going to get better in year two. If, if he doesn't show drastic improvement in year two, then then I will be out. But I just think he's certainly got the talent, the capital, everything is there. Um, yeah, if the, they're not going to get Dave Canales, that's not not going to happen. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> it's it's too early for him. He needs to be with Baker Mayfield. But if they get someone that can be a bit of a quarterback whisperer, I think just help him out. Um, I can certainly see him being in the sort of fringe quarterback one range um, come the end of the season. It's definitely in the realms of possibility. Um, so, yeah, I, he would have been in consideration for someone that I would have picked if I had this selection this early. So, yeah, like it, Matt. Thank you. <laughs> and with you're that... Not, you're, not, you're not being clicked up now, are you? You've, you've just saved yourself there. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, with that, I can't believe I was so positive about a Carolina Panther player, but there we are. We, we've wrapped up tonight's show, so we've discussed the winners of the 2023 Dynasty Awards. Um, but before you go, Matt, please, can you remind the audience where they can find you and is there anything you'd like to plug? Yeah, I'll just start by saying thanks for having me on, lads. Again, we're in this weird part now because I'm not used to being on this side of the ending of the show. But um, yeah, thanks for having me on. Obviously, it's just like being old times on it getting the, getting the band back together so thank you for having me on um if you do want to follow me on on twitter on x um it's at my ff dynasty as kev mentioned i do like the the weather threads during the season but i've not really been doing a great deal of content this year just been doing that during the off season i will start to do a little bit more in terms of the rookies getting my get my next puka nakura out there because i'm going to need somebody to, to gloat about so i'll be firing some shots out on on x to, to make sure i've got something to, to gloat about if they do it but um yeah thanks again for having me on lads it's been an absolute pleasure an absolute blast and everything i could have hoped for and one last time kev why receiver 60 what what, what was that why receiver 60 give over <laughs> give over who could have killed maybe <laughs> he's terrible what is it kev he's terrible <laughs> terrible <laughs> terrible yeah, so any, any final thoughts from you kev on on tonight's show i'm sure there is a few thoughts you'd like to to bring out i mean i'll be selfish and talk about myself first um <laughs> no i just think last two shows it's been a bit a bit of heat on it philly eagles going out and then getting poop and a cured our show but um no it's, it's not about me it's about our, our guest matt and it's it's just been like old times the best three uh hall of famer in fantasy wild card uh colors as such so yeah just really enjoyed tonight i think you've been a fantastic guest your content your your knowledge picks have been spot on. I couldn't really hammer you for any picks, which I was really hoping I could because I knew that you were coming for me. Uh, a little bit at the end, I got on Bryce Young, but you know, yeah. I can't be going too much in because I don't want to get caught up as a video again um, <laughs> as well. So just really enjoyed tonight. It's gone super quick, but uh, I've had a lot of fun. I think there's lots to take away for, for the audience as well. So uh, yeah, really appreciate you giving, giving us your time. I'll be sure to follow your rookie threads this off season and not just go against what you say to be uh, the awkward one um so yeah just anybody that's that's not following you or that's not following your rookie threads please do do follow because you might win big like a uh, poop in a cooler <laughs> yeah i was just going to say you, your rookie threads are the best out there um absolutely love the work that you put into them the presentation everything it, there's so much information you can get um, and learn about especially for the the deeper guys that a lot of people don't really look too much into they're really really useful and just want to say thanks for coming on it's been been like the old times again we, we absolutely miss you and it's just great to see what what you're doing um 
yeah, you're, you're such a great guy. And just to, I've, I've really enjoyed tonight's show. I really have from just sitting back, watching Kev squirm on his seat. <laughs> it's, been, it's been an absolute highlight. So <laughs> keep that fork out, Kev. Um, yeah, with that, it's been quite a long show. So thank you for tuning in. Be sure to follow us and subscribe on X and YouTube at Fantasy Wildcard and at Wildcard Dynasty. And join us for our show each Wednesday throughout the off-season. So, yeah, thank you once again. Have a good one, and we'll see you again soon. When you have the wild card, you have the power to change the game.